Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our over gloves together for Tooth Life, Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. And welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps, with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Oh my gosh, Just, girl. just over there holding her microphone in her hand. Yep, like, like a Like she star. is about to announce the winner of America's Next Top Model. <laughs> <laughs> American Idol, America's something. You are your Canada's top idol, is what I would say. If I had to, yes. And um, I believe I'd like to begin this intro outro. I believe I can fly. I do. I believe you can fly too. (laughs) Believe Uh, I I can touch the sky. (laughs) Speaking of flying, I have I have hilarious something hilarious to tell you that happened to me last night while I was asleep. That that oh, you were a part like, of, and I like how all yeah, those you, stories. You go start first. That way. There's, I feel like there's. It's been two weeks since we've spoken. There's so much. I'm older. I've I like know, they let me over the do. border. I like wanna, so much has happened in two I weeks. We need to talk about this. Wish you a happy birthday because oh. our listeners all know that it was your your uh, day of the Irene birth, and I'm so glad that 36 years ago, Ugh, don't uh, say that you. Number. Uh, entered the world with your beautiful brain and your amazing heart. And so um, for those of you who are listening, um, you know, shoot us a comment, slide into our DMs and wish our Irene Irene a happy belated birthday. Um, And did you have an amazing birthday? Were you just like living your best Canadian life? I had a good, I had a good birthday. It was, uh, it was different. That was for sure. So it started off with me having to go and pick out a new dental operatory chair so oh. I went to like the the location of where the chair chair assembly items are, you know, on display, and then um, it turns out that my assistant, who is no longer with me, uh, forgot to confirm that appointment. So I drove an hour to this, this facility is my on face. on my birthday. No, sat in the parking lot, and I got there early. Like I got there like twenty minutes early. Of Luckily, you did. yeah. So I messaged like the woman that was supposed to meet me, and I was like, "Hey, I know I'm here early. Like, you're probably not here yet, but you know, just wanted to beat the traffic." She's like, "Nobody from your team confirmed this appointment. You actually don't have an appointment to go into this facility to pick out your chair." And I was like, "Okay, good, good, good talk." That's so a good, I rushed good talk. Back. Gonna... Yeah, so I rushed back to the office to find my entire office filled with balloons, like cute balloons. My team was oh, adorable. Oh, I saw they, that. They got me it a sash so and a crown and, and it was really cute. And I started crying and like some of them started crying and I was like, why are you guys crying? They're like, we've, we they were talking about it. They're like, we've never like had a boss that they wanted to do that stuff for. Oh, I so mean. I started to get emotional too. Cause I was like, it made me sad that it had taken them so long out of their careers oh, so, to like. Look at how your heart's <laughs> pouring into that. It's like I'm so sorry that it took this long for you to find a boss that you really like, and then I was like, yeah, it was just we were all just a mess. Um, but they did cake, and and that was fun. And then I went and did a live Q and A thing uh, on camera, and they like brought me a camera, uh, a cake on camera. Like that was really cute too. Aww. Were like a few hundred people that registered for this thing, so. Thank That's you. really special, good. Irene. You know, and so then I, you go and back then I and was forth. the worst wife. I was the worst wife ever. Then, then I missed everything that my husband did for me. There's, there is oh. no balance. Like, there really yeah. is no balance. 
between work and 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 I realized it that yeah. night because I got home. I had to go get two COVID tests right after the whole event because I was flying out the next day That's to go right. to New York. That's right, yes. So I got a yeah. PCR test and an antigen test to let mm-hmm. this Canadian over the border. Uh-huh. So I had to wait for my test, which was supposed to be at 10, and then uh, they made me wait till 11. So by the time I got home, Chris was asleep, and there was just like saran-wrapped sushi on the table with flowers oh. and a card, oh. and like a card, and then another card that said, sorry, I'm really tired, I couldn't wait up. And I was like, Oh I'm just my like gosh. a shell of a human. Yeah. Oh, Irene. But you know what? This is the thing. And and you know this and, and Chris knows this. Like there and and I think this is important for our, our viewers at home to to hear is you know, when you're a, a, a very strong, driven, focused, dedicated person, that's part of the, you know, reason why Chris cares about you. And gosh, I you know, we, we should really do an episode about that. Like that because there's a lot of patience that comes Eek. with you know, yeah. with, with all the things that you have going on, with all of the, you know, messages that slide onto your phone and all the emails you get yeah. and all of the, the places that your brain is constantly focusing all the time. And, you know, I think it's interesting because on your birthday, and I think a lot of us experience it, it's like, do you actually work on your birthday? Do you not work on your birthday? Um, sometimes if you don't work on your birthday and you're just like sitting at home by yourself on a Tuesday, you're like, well, this is lame. You know what I mean? Like it's nice to be out. It's a day to celebrate you. And you know what? Irene, like you built that practice from the ground, literally from the ground up, you built it. And that was a day to celebrate you and the the people who appreciate all of the amazing things that you've done. And wow. What a, what an amazing 36 years. Like I couldn't even check my phone. I mean, it's love. Like it's all love, all love, all the time. Like it's wonderful. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was like, I had Sam, my social media manager, just like by my side all day with my phone in his hand and yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that happened and then, um, I was going to say, oh, so I, do you watch Dynasty? I don't, no. Okay. So Dynasty is just the, if anyone is watching this, I'm going to spoil or something right now. So Uh I was watching Dynasty last night, like one of the last, uh, the last season that just came out, like one of this, uh, one of the last episodes and Fallon Carrington is the like main character. She's this like strong boss babe is a CEO of this like media conglomerate. And she's like trying to keep up with daddy's dynasty kind of thing. She wears like fabulous clothes. I think like this entire season was just Gucci everything. And, um, and she's struggling in her marriage. So there's this like part where she does like three gummy edibles and like goes into this like alternate parallel universe where she gets to observe her life if she oh. wasn't who she was. So she's like watching it on this like projector screen on a wall and she's like her husband ends up meeting somebody else because he wasn't like as excited about her because she wasn't as strong or whatever as as, as oh, wow. fulfilled in her career. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, am I Fallon Carrington? Like, is no. this what's happening here? Like, is this is this the, the world, the universe telling me that I'm Fallon Carrington and you are you are to my husband no. who is like, you know. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic and one that, you know, when someone asks, someone asked me on social media today, it's like, what is your biggest accomplishment? Or like, who inspires you? Like, what accounts do you follow for inspiration? And there isn't like one person that inspires me. It's like a bunch of different people for very simple things. Like, it's the simple stuff that I'm like, wow, I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I could separate work and life. I wish I could do mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm as easily yeah. as I do it in dentistry. Like what I do in the op is like a choreographed freaking dance. I can sure. do it with my eyes closed. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's a season for everything too. And I think, um, you know, there are a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are, are very inspired by you being, you know, all of the entrepreneurial things that, that you've done. And I think it's, it's a, a good testament to there's a season for when you're just in hustle mode and there's a season for when you're not necessarily in full hustle mode, but you're onboarding team members to try to offload some of that. And what's that song um, I was telling Dale the other day? Everything you, know that song? you say is like a lyric, like... What is the song with seasons? Like, there's a season song seasons that I'm singing. <laughs> I don't know. There is I don't know. No, but it's, it, it's um, you know that song, um, Mo Money, Mo Problems? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the yeah. theme for my life. <laughs> yeah. I've a, so so I, I made it to my first speaking gig after, after yes. during, while, I don't even know what stage of the pandemic we're yeah, in. Yeah, I feel like it's we're, still, very much we're a thing. still amidst, yes. Um, so I I did my first gig in New York. Shouts to our friend BTG, Jason, uh, Bloody Tooth Guy, had a, a cool event and he invited me to keynote it. And, and That's it, amazing, it was, Irene. It was cool. It was like my first event. It was like a very chill event, you know. I think I dropped a couple of F-bombs on stage and like nobody Get even batted it, by because I was in Jersey, like in Jersey. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I yeah, feel like you Rome. could say anything yeah. in Jersey, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was really cool. Funniest story ever. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm so here the for next it. morning, the next morning, I'm ready to go to the airport. They send a fancy car. They send like this black car because oh. you know Jason. Jason just goes all out. Like he, yeah. he doesn't just like throw you in a cab. Like he's offended if you take a cab. He wants to oh. send you a car. So he sent a car. So this gentleman arrives. He has my coffee order. He opens the door. He's wearing a suit. He even like buckles me in. Like I got oh buckled gosh. in I by read. a driver. That's when you know you've he, made it. <laughs> Confirmed. He confirmed my flight, AC-707, Air Canada 707, oh Terminal gosh. B, ma'am. Yes, that is me. That is my flight. That is my terminal. That is me. Yes. And I was like, and I was like, you know what? It's 7 a.m. I'm like, I could take a snooze in this guy's car. Like, I'm not going to be concerned with this yes, right. guy yeah. that he's going like, to, like, drive me somewhere. Uh, right. Yeah, you would he's not, not going to harvest Uber my organs. No, yeah. no, no. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm going to sleep. Like, I'm going to sleep. It's an hour to the airport. I'm going to sleep. So I fall asleep to be awoken by the door opening with the lovely breeze of the airport terminal on my face, my bags on the curb, ma'am, you're, you've arrived. And I'm oh, like, I have arrived. I've I arrived. Have arrived. This is, this is this it. Is the peace day resistance. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So my coffee was cold at this point, And he oh, was man. like, would you like me to throw that away for you? I'm like, yes, I would. Like, thank you very much. So I get yes. out. I walk through the terminal. And I'm like, where is Air Canada? I'm looking for Air Canada. There is no Air Canada to be found anywhere. I asked the informant the informant person at the, uh-huh. at the, the kiosk. And they, they were like, yeah, terminal B, this terminal, B. like air Canada is actually a terminal a. And I'm like, did that oh, change? No. Cause I don't ever remember it changing. So pull up my flight item and you know, I was, I'm in New York. I'm, yep. I am, I am Rachel. I am at the wrong airport. <laughs> so I am at Newark. No. <gasps> I am at Newark and my flight was leaving from LaGuardia in one hour and 33 minutes. Oh. So I am in panic mode. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I call this cab guy back? Do I call the car guy back? And I'm like, no, I'm just going to get into a regular yellow cab. Oh. I'm going to ask him to book it and we're going to go. <gasps> so I find a cab. I get in. This guy's like on a mission. I'm in a minivan, one of those minivans that have like a space <laughs> in the middle and then a third yes, row. Yes. So I'm in the I'm in the second just row bumping. to the window, just bumping like around. Like there's nowhere partition. to pull my head. Yeah. At one point, I had my arm on the like the holy shit handle and my head on it, and I was like, "This is gonna be really bad. I'm starting to feel very sick." So I'm like, "Can I go in the third row?" So he's like, "Sure." So I go into the back row while he's like swerving through rush hour traffic, um, and I'm in the fetal position 
in the back seat. And oh I didn't God. have the heart to tell this guy that like you need to slow down because at this point I was like, I need to make this flight. It was right. also my birthday. My friends and my family were like planning a party for me that night. If I don't make this flight, then I'm going to be even more of a disappointment oh. to everyone in my life. So I'm like, we need to get there. So he's peeling in and out an hour and 10 minutes in traffic. <gasps> I checked in on my phone. Luckily, I don't check a bag. I was just going to get say, to the yeah. airport and I say to him, unlock the doors. He's like, what do you mean? Unlock the doors? I'm like, unlock the doors right now. He unlocks the like sliding door. It was like the slowest sliding child proof door oh my ever gosh. in this minivan. And I threw up. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I mean. <gasps> immediately, like immediately, like the guy came out of his car. He's like, are you OK? And I didn't want to, like, have the heart to tell him that he's a terrible driver. Yeah. Because he got me to, he like, mission accomplished. He did what he had to <laughs> do. Happened. He got to yep. the airport. Yep. So I immediately said to him that I'm pregnant. It's <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm pregnant. And he was like, oh, okay. And all of these people started to come around me. And then he started telling people that I was pregnant. And it was like, okay. It was, like, acceptable <laughs> that I was throwing up at the airport on the sidewalk and I was just nodding my head as I like continuously vomited and everyone and this little old lady came and she offered me water and she's like patting my she's like I was like that with my first two oh my God. and I was like mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> so there's like this huge thing that like all of these people trying to help me because I was the poor pregnant oh, girl oh how the mighty <laughs> have fallen this is, but really, this is the dichotomy of your life I was kind of hungover <laughs> I was a little bit hungover <laughs> from the night before hanging out with um, our friend Hadir, um, fit little hygienist on yeah, Instagram, and, yeah. and Paola RDH and her crew. So we were drinking very aggressively the night before, Oof. and then that was my thing. Anyways, so. Oh, wow, Irene. Yeah. That is, <clears throat> that is. Welcome back to the speaker life. There it that is. That was my, that I was, was just me gonna on, say. The, on the plane. It was like. This is how you go back. Like, this, this is how is you it. enter back into society. Is, that's right. This is the glamorous sideways part of it all. With no pants on. <laughs> Puking out the side of a yeah. ratchet taxi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, <clears> that's so impressive. Sorry. And he's like, it's okay. But if I would have told him that I was hungover, then I would have just been that girl. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 The pregnancy thing, that, that was a good, that was a good little, uh. That's a good little comment there. I you're like wel- that. You're welcome. That's the, you're, you are quick on your feet, Irene. I am. I am. Well, we have an episode. We I've do. I've talked a lot about me, but I didn't talk about you. What's going on in your world? Sorry. Oh, <clears throat> no, no, no. Just uh, basically what you described in running from airport to ground transportation to speak to drink to then go back and do the same thing again. That's basically all I've been doing. That's it. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> it's been yeah. good though. You know, it's it's. Good I'm gonna to... see you this week in real life. Literally, that's I. Yes, like we're gonna. When is the last time we saw each other, Irene? A year and a half. Voices of Dentistry. Voices of Dentistry, January of January 20, of 20. 20, 20, that's the last 20. Time we were in the same room together. This is gonna be crazy. I know. I want to get like a video of us like slow motion running at each other, like do 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 do. You know, oh man, that'd be really good. And the fun, we probably will run into each other before we actually officially set a time to see each other. Yes, tis true. Like, but it's gonna be great. Gonna be, we're going to AAID, American Academy of Implant Dentistry, in Chicago mm-hmm. this Chicago. weekend. Chicago. So yep. yeah. It's going to be Yeah, great. we're probably just going to run into each other and be like, we're going to set a time to meet. And then really it's going to be like, oh, hey, there she is, like in the bathroom between her lecture and my lecture. Yep. Yeah. Let's hope neither of us are puking. <laughs> I mean, I might. But Stay tuned. <laughs> we we have an episode. Uh, we yes, have an we do. episode 
kindly sponsored by our peeps at Hugh Freedy. Yes. Who, and it aligns really well with the, like, the, I think it's the topic that that it's mm-hmm. infection control and prevention is one of the things that we really, really hammer in during this episode. Um, and I yeah. find it funny. I, I mean, I, I see a lot of stuff on Instagram. You see a lot of stuff. on Like, people send me photos of stuff in their mm-hmm. operatories. Do they do that to you, too? They're mm-hmm. like, look at this. Look at this. Someone mm-hmm. sent me a picture of, like, these masks that their office was purchasing. And it was like... You know when you buy a bathing suit and it's way too big and then you go in the swimming pool and it's kind of like falling off of you a little bit? It's like like that. when little kids wear a bathing suit and they're like little buttons down. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like, it was like that, but for masks. And and she was like, how do I tell my boss that these don't fit my face? And I was like, you just do. Like you just like show, like stick a pencil in the side of the gaps between your (laughs) chin and your nose. Like, I don't know what you need to do. Like shove a pencil in there, Sally. I don't know. Like you can see. Um, So I exclusively use secure fit masks, like procedural masks that are secure fit masks. So these masks are awesome. They're amazing. So I hadn't ever like used a mask that had the pinch underneath the chin as well. Um, you know, we think about like how important it is up top, um, to have that pinch on the nose. She's pointing, she's pointing at her nose for the viewers at home that can't see her. I'm pinching for the viewers at home. Um, but the underneath pinch, now I'm grabbing my like turkey gullet. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the pinch underneath, like that, that's important when we talk about like some of the differences between like filtration rates. Yes. We're concerned about the efficacy of the mask that way, but remember some of the major differences between some of these masks is really about their fit. And so, um, that, that just brings up such a, an important, um, piece or layer to why we need to make sure that what we're wearing is appropriate, what we're wearing fits, what we're wearing is um, going to be able to provide us with protection. Um, so sure. I absolutely love these. And honestly, like they're, to me, they're super comfortable. You know, sometimes you get like masks they're that have that like They're more comfortable because <clears throat> you can yeah. mold them to the shape of your right. face. Like it's so, almost like I mean, that customized feel. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I... I, I was guilty of this at one point, like wearing the same mask for a while. I think like yes. during the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, there was such a shortage in masks that we were like, how do we, you know, reuse our N95s yeah. or like, how do we do this? That is not a thing anymore. So we need to mm-hmm. like be using one mask per, per patient. And if wet or soiled, like during that appointment, like you need a new mask. Yeah. It's, it's funny when someone will like show me a mask and be like, how do you, they won't even realize that this is where my mind goes, but they're like, how do you not get your makeup on the inside of your mask to look like this at the end of the day? And I was Mm. like, because you've been wearing the same mask for the whole day, like that, if you only wear one mask at a time, you're not going to have that much makeup because you wouldn't see it all, but you are wearing the same mask for the entire, the entire day. Well, Which is- it, it goes through like the fact that we've seen an evolution how masks were worn. So <clears throat> we were wearing sure. a mask, you know, we before the pandemic, most of us, A, weren't even looking at the ASTM level of our mask. Right. Most of us weren't. Um, and so a lot of people after the pandemic happened, we had a return to work, started to look at the back of that box. Like what level is, is this appropriate for the aerosols that I'm generating, et cetera. So mm-hmm. we were used to A, not caring what filtration rate we had, B, not caring about the fit of the mask. C, sliding it down underneath our chin, sliding it on our arm, you know, going into the back room and grabbing a handful of almonds and then coming back out using the same mask for all patients. We returned from this pandemic 
And then we saw that we were more concerned about the filtration rate of the mask and the fit of the mask, <clears throat> obviously because of this global health crisis, but we were trying to salvage masks. And so to your point, um, was that, uh, you know, uh, providing efficiency. We saw people wearing N95s, and although we know that N95s, um, with this emergency situation, we got to skip that fit test part. The reason why an N95 We is, didn't. We still, we still have to have fit tests and... In, in Canada, you do? In Canada, yeah. I don't okay. know. I can't speak for all of Canada. I'll speak oh, gotcha. for my yeah, province for, of Ontario, province, but yeah. yeah, you need to get a fit test. And your fit test expires, fun fact. It's, yeah, Here, once a year. Uh, they, yeah, once a year, mm-hmm. or if you've like gained or lost weight. Um, oh, they I didn't rec- realize yeah, that makes sense. I think it was five, five pounds, they said. Wow. So it's like, I would have needed to have a fit test no, st- <laughs> three times my <laughs> I ate Chipotle last week. I would have needed that too. (laughs) But, you know, here in the United States, because of the emergent situation, we could skip that initial fit test if you were a practice that was adapting N95s. Mm, Interesting. But even still, we didn't have enough N95s to go around. So, you know, the the taking on and and taking off, every time that you do that, it wears on the fit. What we've seen now is people are moving back to wearing a level three, Um, And there's a lot of comfortability around wearing a level three mask, but again, making sure that that level three mask has an optimal fit. Hmm. And to your point, changing that mask out in between patients so that not even in between. So there's an interesting article on the new friends of Hugh Freedy platform that we'll link below that talks about CDC guidelines. And in April of 2021, FDA published like a bunch of recommendations and it says in bold, and I will read it in bold, industry experts are now recommended that masks should be changed every 20 minutes during procedures with heavy fluid uh, exposure to avoid uh, wicking, like mask wicking, Mm, where it absorbs the aerosols and and it gets wet, which means the clinicians may have to change their masks more frequently, even during an appointment. So Like when you're doing a three hour SRP, they're saying you should be changing your mask periodically throughout that three hour SRP, not only for your breath on the other side, but for um, any aerosolization that that might be coming through. I mean, I wear an N95 for, for, for aerosol generating procedures. I think that's still very much a thing in many provinces and states. Uh, but some people that I don't, I don't want to speak to what, what is happening in, in a variety of different states. Cause I know it's very yeah, different. The in the transmission rate is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I found that interesting that even like throughout your procedure, 20 minute mark ish, so that actually, for the students listening, that's a national board's question. And they've had that on the national boards for many years, that you should be changing your mask out every 20 minutes if you're doing heavy aerosol generating procedures. Hmm. So I love that they're, that they're um, publishing a lot of that information because, again, a lot of us weren't doing that. We were focusing on changing it out in between patients first and foremost, and most of us weren't even doing that, right? So um, that has been a requirement. Um, that's been something that we've seen um, – you know, as uh, prescriptive elements. And again, to your point, Irene, because of the back and forth between the exchange of aerosols and how we're breathing into our masks. So I think this is so good because it's provided us a chance to really look. We were so concerned about bloodborne pathogens that we missed the fact. And I mean, I'd love to see the statistics on now that we're wearing masks and we're more cognizant of wearing masks and making sure that that fit is appropriate. um, How many nososomal infections are we avoiding? Like, yeah. do you remember like being sick, like all the time because we were out in public and we were, you know, um, no. seeing patients that were, that was <laughs> no. you. 
That was me. I, I, I was sick. Like, sick all the time. I, I am. I am. I am. I do. I did get quite sick once coming home from. It Greater was like New York the last. It was, it was the it? last trade show of the year. See? Yeah, it's usually the last trade show of the year. Yep. That I am just like, I'm like paralyzed. To everything. Yes. Yeah. I am exhausted. I'm tired. I come home on the last flight and I sleep for 14 hours. It's it's. I'm like that during ADHA RDH under one roof season Me too. two. Me but too. at the end of the year, it's like my body goes into like robotic self destruct mode. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen, Irene, Irene, <clears throat> are you ready for this uh, episode that we have coming up? Do and I-, I get a song today to put the <laughs> yes. parallels together? Is this my to- birthday present? Thank you. This is your birthday present. Um, okay. okay. Um, so you want a song, right? Uh, yeah. I was going to, yeah. I was going to, what are my other s- choices? It's only, it's song or hint. No, I want a song. I want a song. You get a song. Do the okay. Song. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you're going to, you may I have to fast forward. Let's see if I can okay. figure, let's we'll see, see if, if I can figure this out. Ready? Okay. Let's see it. Yeah, well, maybe we should cheer him up then. What are you uh, supposed to do? Well, because you know what I'm doing. Okay, it's coming up soon. Hold on. Oh, okay, so there's a part. Okay. That's right. Yep, yeah, there's a part. Okay. But I just want to get you jamming this morning. I'm jamming. Who sings this song? I forget. Um, it's like Sugar Ray or something. Is that right? Huh. It's not Sugar Ray, million but close. Fun. Who is it? I know. Sorry, I'm trying to find this. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. <clears throat> what? What is this? Sorry, I'm trying Will to find the part me? of the song. Okay. If you steal my sunshine is by Len, I think. Is this the part? Is the part right here? Okay. God, how did you remember that part in that song? <laughs> like the one liner in the middle of a sh- of this of this Len song from the '90s. Like, how did you remember that he yells Karen? Like, how did you even? How did this you? This is how my how, brain works. Your brain is weird. I know. Your brain is so weird. I know. But I love it. Okay. Well, this I, it's Karen Daw. I know who the Yay. episode is. Karen Daw. Oh. Um, <laughs> so proud of you. You were something else. You were just, you oh. were just something. All right. Let's listen to this episode with Karen Daw, and we'll catch you on the flip side. All on the flippity flip. Hello, friend. Katrina, we have an episode. We're on the flip side Yay! of the introduction here. Hello, I'm hi. I'm so excited. This is so good. How yes. are you, Irene? Irene, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to talk about Gosh. all things uh, OSHA related. OSHA, with our, don't, with our you OSHA know. don't you know. With our friend oh. Karen Da, the OSHA yes. lady. Yes. Hello, Karen. How are you today? Fabulous. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, hopefully the whole thing's not all about OSHA because we're going to lose so much. 
Wow. But we'll, we'll, we'll give them all the relevant stuff. How about that? How about that? Yeah, no, I think, I think, I mean, we don't have to get into the, the nitty gritty of OSHA, but we could talk about what that means. And, you know, I'm Canadian, as you know, and Katrina's the American. So we could talk a little bit about the similarities between our Ontario Ministry of Labor and the fun stuff that we, we do over here with WIMIS, which I guess would be the comparative to OSHA. But um, before we get into that stuff, Let's talk about you. Let's let's do a way back playback. Like where where did do you it, come from? Where did you go to school? Uh, where did you grow up? Were you in the band? <laughs> like that that kind of stuff. I was not in the band, but I okay. So originally from uh, my father was in the service, so I was born in Kansas City, but then he was kind of stationed all over, and then we ended up in Hawaii. Um, and he had an option to go back to Alaska or stay in Hawaii. And my mom was like, you can go to Alaska, but you'll be going by yourself. So I grew up in Hawaii and then moved to uh, Columbus, Ohio to attend the Ohio State University. Um, in high school, I was not in band, but um, I was I was kind of nerdish. I was I was on the student council. Um, I was class representative. I was on the publicity committee. I was like on the art club. I was like doing all these things in the King Junior year. I just did like a complete 180 and I started dating guys with hair longer than me. <laughs> <laughs> she went for the bad boy. Okay. I did. I did a complete 180. And, and so, and looking back in retrospect, like um, my sisters and I like excelled in school. We like won essay contests, poster contests. We got to meet presidents and mayors and governors and, and base commanders. And uh, we're given an opportunity to kind of skip a few grades, but we didn't. So, and then in retrospect, my parents are kind of like, I probably should have let them do that because she wasn't feeling challenged her junior year. And that's why, yeah. So that's kind of the downward spiral happened right around there. <laughs> well, but, but yet here we see you and you're like living a fabulous life of doing all these incredible things. So was it really a downward spiral or was it just a catalyst to get you to the next step? Right? I like that catalyst, the different trajectory <laughs> in my go. life. There we go. I like that. So, that's what we'll say. so you, we'll you ended up up, you moved to Ohio and then you decided to go to Ohio State. Is that in, is that in Cleveland? It's in Columbus. Oh, it's in Columbus. It's Columbus. Okay. Yeah. I'm super and embarrassed that I don't know that because my pickle bear boo is a massive Ohio State fan. So oh. for the Ohio State fans that are listening, you're supposed to go, oh, wait, I know. <laughs> that's how you know. Okay. That's how you know. That's, and that's know. like majority of the state, even if it's, mm -hmm. if we could, yeah, it doesn't matter where you are in the state that you can have that shout out. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, you know, at the time I had the opportunity because, you know, I, was, I went to one quarter of, at the University of Hawaii and that campus is one exit past Waikiki Beach from my home. Wow. So every day, for you know what is that 90 days every day the universe gave me the option are we gonna go to the beach or are we gonna get an education <laughs> and majority of the time I opted for the beach so my parents stuck up a deal with me and they're like okay if we're gonna continue to supplement your education <laughs> you're gonna need to go to a university where there are no beaches <laughs> 
<laughs> well, jokes on them because you were Here close to the the Great Lakes, which have some fabulous beaches. I mean, nothing like Hawaii, but they're still fabulous beaches. Right. <laughs> yeah, some of them. Yeah, and some of them have caught on fire. So yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go swimming in that. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> so, what got you into dentistry, and and specifically what you're doing now? Like, how? Where did you? Where did that come from? What made you want to become? Are you a dental hygienist by training? I'm not, you know what? No, I originally wanted to go to nursing and I have a big phobia around blood and dead things. Oh, so oh. neither one of those are going to work for me. Um, so yeah, I got my VA in communications uh, because I wanted uh, a degree that, that would allow me to graduate the fastest. I was just ready to be done with education. And then I discovered that I actually I'm a lifelong learner. So then I got my master's in business and in healthcare administration. And I'm always learning. I'm constantly, I'm like signing, I sign up for like every webinar that comes up. I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to take, even if it has nothing to do with what I do, I'm like, I want to take that, that webinar. I want to sit in on that webinar. So um, much to my, um, my business coach's chagrin. I need to, you know, I gotta, I gotta like prioritize my time a little bit better, but <laughs> got into, uh, got into OSHA because the first job that I got right out of college was in the emergency department. Oh. I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. I kind of didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up just yet, but I got this job and it paid the bills and uh, I was in the emergency department. Then I was recruited from there to work in the sterilization monitoring service at the College of Dentistry at Ohio State. And I was there for a while and then I kind of moved with ranks to the clinic health and safety director, which I absolutely love because it allowed, it allowed me to educate our hygienists, our dental students, our our dental assistants that rotated through our clinics. And I said, you know what? I really, I really kind of like this because I get to tell people what to do and get paid for it. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I, and then um, there was an opportunity for me to kind of spin this off full time into my business. And that's what I do. So I can, you know, I can work part of the year and be with my mom in Hawaii and part of the year being in Columbus and then kind of travel and meet amazing people all over the world and cross paths with people like you guys. So I'm truly, truly blessed. And, and when I got into it, what was interesting was like, I think I took it on more of a, uh, I saw more of a challenge because the very first OSHA course that I took, I was the only female in that class in a room wow. full of men. Wow. And because um, if you think about it, it's it's not that it's a masculine trade, but there's a very masculine energy to OSHA. It's very rigid. It's got it's got rules. Um, and I and I when I approached this, I was like, I wanted to bring the feminine energy back to it. Not like masculine, feminine as a male and female, but just as an energy. I wanted to give it a more a softer edge because I think that what I heard and what I sat through when I was sitting through OSHA presentations, I was like, this is they tend to be. Uh, and I hate to say boring um, because, you know, because the topic is kind of, and I'm not faulting the speakers. Well, that let's gave let's take a step back a little bit. Let's talk about yeah. what OSHA is because 50% of the people that listen to this podcast, I mean, it's probably more than 50% are either a Canadian or from somewhere else in the world. And I guess the beauty wow, of the podcast world amazing. is that you know, not everyone is, is tuning in from your own state or home. So talk to us about OSHA. What is OSHA? Where did it come from? What's the point of OSHA? And maybe by that description, it'll give us an idea of why it's a more male dominated field or area of practice. 
Yeah, so Occupational Safety and Health Administration, that is the branch of the government that's concerned with employee safety here in the United States. And it was, it came about under the Nixon administration, uh, kind of started around then. And they said, you know, we want to make sure that our workforce is protected. We want to make sure that employers are doing everything they can to protect employees. And that, it doesn't matter which, you know, where you worked. Um, you know, dentistry were under the healthcare umbrella. So uh, there are certain standards and laws and regulations that govern how we're going to protect our healthcare workers, our dental workers from bloodborne pathogens like hepatitis B, hepatitis C, HIV, and now COVID. Uh, there's not a specific standard for that, but they draw an existing standard. So OSHA, in a nutshell, was created to protect the American workforce. I, I love that you say that because I think a lot of times people get very confused about what OSHA's responsibility is. Um, let's say, for example, there are infection control breaches that affect the patient, but not mm. necessarily the worker, right? So they'll say things like, well, my employer isn't doing water testing or my employer isn't doing um, biological monitoring of my you know, autoclave. And they think that that's something that gets reported under OSHA. Um, and can you speak a little bit to, to that and where OSHA fits within that umbrella before, because I really want to talk about the male and female energy of OSHA, by the way, but I want to make sure there's some clarity around specifically where those guidelines fall, particularly mm -hmm. in the United States. Yeah, so um, as far as patient safety goes, OSHA could care less, right? They're not concerned with that. If you are an employee, if you have one employee that OSHA uh, you're, you're subject to OSHA regulations. The CDC, I think where a lot of that confusion comes in is that there tends to be, there's some overlap between what the CDC, you know, they set forth these guidelines that are designed to prevent infection and control infections as it pertains to anybody, patients or employees, um, but they are not a regulatory agency. Now, here's the rub. What we discovered, especially with COVID, what a lot of employers discovered, especially with COVID, was that um, even if they don't have a specific standard that exists, uh, they have not created a standard that exists for it, they can still cite the practice under something called the general duty clause. So if there is an unsafe condition that exists in the workplace, and OSHA doesn't have a law that specifically addresses it, this is kind of their catch-all mm. that they can use. But I think that, yeah, that there's some overlap and that's where people get confused. So bottom line is if it pertains to patient safety, it OSHA's, OSHA doesn't care. They don't care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Wow. So here, here in, in Ontario and Canada, because our provinces are very much separate. I mean, for the Canadians that are listening, they're probably wondering, like, where are the parallels? So let's do a little, like, yes or no. Like, is this, does this, is this part of OSHA or is it not part of OSHA? And I'll tell okay. you whether it's part of, or what it's part of here in Ontario or in, okay. in Canada. So labeling your uh, disinfectants in bottles, is that part of OSHA or is that not part of OSHA? It is part of OSHA under their hazard communication standards. Awesome. Absolutely. So for yeah. a Canadian, that's part of WHMIS, W-H-M-I-S, uh, which everyone needs to be trained in WHMIS. I like to say it with Whimis. a Hwa. Whimis. I like that. So um, good. Yeah, which is the abbreviation of that is the Workplace Hazardous Materials Information System. So it has to do with like signage. Like, for example, is this part of OSHA or not part of OSHA? Um, putting up a special type of sign if you're using a laser in an operatory. 
Yes, it is. So that's, that's also part of WIMIS. It has to do with like protecting people that are coming in and out, not only the workers, but also the patients. Um, Mm -hmm. But what isn't part of WIMIS is, um, is my doctor, my doctor is reusing things that are single use. Is that part of OSHA? So that's so interesting that, um, that that happens in Canada too. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> yeah. So so is that part of is that part of Wemis or is it not part of Wemis? It could, so it so could you be. said the doctor is reusing single use things. It could be like if we're reusing single use PPE. Pro, mm-hmm. Profi cups. Yeah. Um, if it pertains to the patient, no. Right. If it pertains to the employee. Yes. Right. Okay. So same thing. So same thing here. If that's not something that's related to a patient, uh, then it would be part of WIMIS. But if it is related mm-hmm. to a patient, we follow a different kind of set of, have you heard of IPAC? Mm. IPAC uh, is, uh, it's set forth by our public health department, which uses guidelines set forth by the CDC. Um, Mm. And each province has their own set of kind of guidelines or checklists, especially for dental practices. And that's kind of where, where we lie in. So it's the difference between for the Canadians listening, WIMIS and things like using your IPAC guidelines um, for, for dental office stuff. So cool. Wonderful. Mm. So how, how do you, have that tough conversation with someone when you go into a practice maybe they bring you on to help rewrite a manual because we all should be having manuals on this stuff in our on site right mm-hmm. how many times mm-hmm. do you go in and you're like cool let me see your manual and then there is no manual and then you see things that shouldn't be done how do you have that conversation with someone oh you know what i think it's easier when they hire you to do specifically that because you know during i hate to call it a discovery call i know katrina you probably have a much better term for it which i'm going to steal um but (laughs) um i you know they they contact me and i figure out what is it exactly that they want and they're like we just want to know what we're doing wrong whether and so during that call i'll say okay are you open to me reviewing your ocean names oh my god yes we haven't touched that in years are you open to me doing a mock inspection absolutely whatever you find let us know so that we can correct it um are you open to me doing a training for your office oh yeah definitely especially if you're going to give me ce credit for so uh, the conversation the expectations are early on so that when i come in and i start peeling apart peeling back the layers it's you know it's not really a surprise to them that that's what i'm doing because that's kind of what they hired me to do so it's not really a difficult conversation the difficult conversation comes in when it's the team that wants me there and they didn't communicate to the doctor exactly Mm. what I was gonna do and I see you guys not yeah like the doctor is like wait a minute um you're telling me right that that I've been doing this 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 like so I can understand why they'd be a little defensive and you don't know what you don't know and nobody's ever bothered to educate the employer and then I have to go to doctor you know this is coming from a place of love please know this like I'm doing this because I I want to protect you if the dental board or OSHA or a patient or a former employee was to come after you or make a complaint, you know, about your practice. So please know that that's where I'm coming from. So I'm, I had to tweak my business model a little bit so that I can make sure that the decision makers are fully aware of what I'm doing in there. I love it. Office. So mm-hmm. let's, let's take a step back a little bit and talk about what your business model is, because we know that you certainly have a history of, you know, working in the hospital setting where I imagine you acquired a lot of your kind of early onset training, right? And 
you, you've taken a zillion courses on interpreting CDC guidelines and OSHA standards and OSHA updates, because as things change and pivot, right, you're on that front line of understanding that. So how, A, uh, when you got into dentistry, how is it that you decided then, like you wanted to kind of go out on your own? And then B, how did you create, um, and I want to go back to this idea around the feminine energy, how did you create something that trains on something that's so dry? And how did you work to mastermind this so that it would be something that would A, be something that people can listen to and B, something that people actually enjoy participating in and being a part of? Yeah. So, um, how did I, how did I get into it on my own? Um, after, you know, I was approached by so many dental and dental hygiene students that had graduated and would reach out to me and go, Hey, Karen, you know, we're not, we're not doing the stuff that we're taught in school. Like what is the right way? What's the wrong way? And so I started off just doing, I helped this, I helped a former dental hygiene student that worked in my lab. And then I worked, and then another dental student would reach out to me, go, Hey, I heard you helped out this dental hygiene student. And she's now working for me and I have a new practice. And can you do the same thing for me? And it kind of, it kind of, rolled into kind of like just my side hustle. It was never something that I intended to take full time, but I found out that I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Eventually it got to the point where I had to decide between doing that, uh, you know, working for the university full time or doing this on my own. And I found out that, you know what, I kind of really like doing being my own boss. Uh, and that's, that's kind of how it was born. Now, as far as my approach to this, I thought about every OSHA an infection control course I ever sat through. And as you both know, what a riotous fun time those courses can be, right? <laughs> so I thought about every, every seriously, every course I've ever sat through. And then I sat down and I made a list of what is the exact opposite of that. And that's what I did. I did the exact opposite. So I had fun. We did exercise, we did games. Um, we were on our feet. We were interacting with one another. Um, what I found out was that if I didn't capture their attention early on, then I'm not gonna be able to keep it. Sure. And I, and I in order for them to learn anything, they gotta kind of stay awake through the course. So, yeah. um, so that's kind of what I did and that's how I approached it. And you know, some of those other courses, like you said, were very dry, so. Yeah. Um, and, and I understand the importance of it. These instructors were communicating a very serious topic. Yeah. And I wasn't, and I'm, I'm not here to say that there was a right way or a wrong way to do it. I started to think to myself, is there a better way to do this as in anything in life, as in anything in life? So that's what I did. Sure. Are, the, are there any, sorry, on the dental side, are there any um, requirements for dental professionals in the United States to take any specific types of courses. Like here, we're required to take WMIS training um, and there needs to be one designated person in the office that maintains the handbooks and the manuals and is kind of like responsible for checking that things are done properly, labels are going on properly, things that are disposable or not being reused or even refilled. Like it's, there's an interesting thing, like you're not supposed to refill uh, um, a variety of products, like they have to be uh, opened up, used, and then disposed of. Like Windex, for example, I didn't realize that you shouldn't be refilling your cleaning solutions. <laughs> Where we all remember buying big jugs of stuff and refilling bottles. So I guess you forget that the bottle can get dirty and be gross and all that fun stuff. 
So yeah, well, what type of mandatory training is there in the United States for, for dental peeps? And is it everyone in the office that has to have OSHA training, including reception team, or is it just clinical ah, team? I love that question. Okay, yes. So OSHA's bloodborne pathogen standard is a mandatory requirement. Um, and then reviewing safety data sheets um, when they come in, anytime you introduce a new hazardous chemical in the workplace. So there's there's training around bloodborne pathogens upon hire annually. There's training around new chemicals in the workplace. There's training around anytime there's a new standard that's introduced to Toshi. You have 90 days to train your office on that. Like what? So there like give, me, give me an example of what kind of standard that would be. Uh, the uh, oh oh well the we thought for a moment for a brief moment the emergency temporary standard was going to be new and then everybody would need to get training on that but dentistry we found out was mostly exempt from that if they met certain criteria so that and that's that was in response to COVID um, so bloodborne pathogens is still mandatory uh, routinely we haven't really had a new standard in a long time and sometimes it you know. For example, silica, that took decades for that standard to come about. And we see we see changes with each administration. One administration will make it a priority. The next one um, might, you know, uh, might be a different political party, and then they don't make it a priority. And so that's why sometimes it can take a while. But as far as bloodborne pathogen standard, that is mandatory training across all 50 states, across all US territories. And what's interesting is kind of like what you were saying earlier about you have different provinces and they have different, you know, kind of requirements. Even with um, OSHA, depending on whether you're under federal OSHA, if you're a state under federal OSHA, or you might be a state that's under a state approved plan, there, there can be some changes. So for example, the state of California and Oregon, they have more rigid standards than the federal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Than the Why federal. do you think so- that is? <laughs> <laughs> <Just> smiling. <laughs> I'm Canadian, so I'm allowed to ask these questions. What, why, 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 do we, why do we think that is, peeps? it's just different leadership and different mentality. I think it's the PC way to say it. That's a very PC way of saying it. Yeah, there's a different, uh, yeah, mentality, I think is a good some In some of the states. So yeah, yeah, so some would be, some will be more strict than other in some states might just do, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but they at least meet the the federal requirements, but they're not going to go above and beyond that. Interesting. Okay. So, so, you, so your answer to that question is that everyone needs to have some form of training and everyone needs to have updates. Yes, Everyone needs to have bloodborne, what did you call it? Bloodborne hazardous bloodborne. waste training. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bloodborne pathogens and then uh, hazardous communication standards. Got it. Both yeah. of standards. So everyone needs yeah, to know that really- even someone that's like a floater in your office needs to have yeah. that variety of training. Cool. Awesome. Even if they're, so for example, sometimes you might ha- hire somebody through a temporary agency then OSHA would consider that a joint responsibility between the temporary agency and the practice that they're working in because there's site-specific safety requirements at this office. Like they're, they have a written plan that's the exposure control plan that that person needs to know. So if that sub or temp is working in multiple different offices, they technically have to receive site-specific training and a review of that office's exposure control plan on day one before they start seeing patients. And I forgot to answer your question earlier real quick too. That's okay. Who who in the office needs it? Yeah. It is. So the language is that anybody who has reasonable anticipation of being exposed to bloodborne pathogens or other potentially infectious material. I would argue um, 
for having even our administrative team members attend the training as well um, for a couple different reasons. One, sometimes they might wear dual hats. They might be administrative, but they might also help turn over a room in a pinch if they're running behind or process instruments. Um, do they go down the same hallways where we're transporting contaminated instruments? Do they stick their head into an operatory filled with aerosols to let the team member know your two o'clock is running 15 minutes behind? And when we're talking about a culture of safety, many times it's our administrative team that's calling out stuff they see because our clinicians have, have so, in, you know, so ingrained in them a, a specific habit that they don't even realize they're doing it. And somebody at the front office who attended training was like, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be wearing utility gloves when you're cleaning instruments? <laughs> like I remember, I remember that part of the training. Oh. So, so it's nice it's, to have everybody. It's funny what, what sort of things slip. And then mm -hmm. when someone's, you could take things one of two ways. Like if someone were to say that to you, you can be like, yes, okay, I'm sorry, I've forgotten. Or you can be like, oh, that front desk, Jane, she's, <laughs> she's just such a micromanager. Like she doesn't work back here. Why is she calling her? Me? Thanks for so, calling her Jan and not a Karen, by the way. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so you, you, would, you would actually like love my Instagram post that went up today. Uh, and I kind of structured it around knowing that you were going to be here. So I posted this photo today with me wearing my loops on my head. Oh, you can see it. And then, the, and then the swipe is with me wearing my safety glasses on my head. And it's interesting because I see people wearing safety glasses all the time. And I don't think they even realize that they're throwing them up on our heads. I mean, I'm that person that says to our assistants, like you shouldn't be wearing them on. They should either be on your peepers or on a counter. Like they shouldn't even, they shouldn't even be in a pocket. They shouldn't be no. in your locker. Like they should be either on a counter or I mean, in a locker, if they're clean in a bin, which so yeah. all of my team members have bins that they put things in and the inside of the bin should be clean because the outside of the bin can be wiped. So they shouldn't be on your head. So I posted this photo today uh, and the kind of caption or the copy is, is do you wear your loops on your head? Um, and then the answer to that should be you don't, you never wear your loops on your head. So then why are you wearing your safety glasses? Cause your loops are a form of PPE as well. But you, I find it interesting, the things that slip and it's nice when someone can remind you, but I think it's a matter of like how you remind someone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and say like, there's a kind way versus a not so kind way because we're not all perfect. Right. So mm -hmm. how would you recommend if someone is listening to this right now and it frustrates them that someone does the same thing? So like I had to have an uncomfortable conversation with a team member. I have a laundry service. Nobody brings their own scrubs in. Nobody brings scrubs out. So you take your soiled scrubs out. They go the lab, not the lab coats the gowns go into like a hazardous bag that goes into the laundry and then the scrubs go into a non-hazardous bag because there shouldn't be any aerosols on them. So I had a team member, a new team member who loves figs scrubs, but I don't provide fig scrubs. So she wanted to wear her fig scrubs and she would wear them to the office and out of the office. And I had mm. to have an uncomfortable conversation mm. that like, we don't wear those scrubs here because I don't launder those scrubs. So if you're going to wear those scrubs, then you're going to have to figure out a way to launder them yourselves, but you can't wear them in and you can't wear them out of the office. And it was a very weird thing. So how do you recommend someone speak to someone that perhaps is doing something constantly that they shouldn't be doing? 
You know, that's interesting. So there's a couple different schools of thoughts on this about whether or not you should approach them one-on-one -on -one and just be like, hey, I really care about you. And, you know, based on the last CE course that we attended, you know, we all kind of heard um, Karen say this and, and make me the bad guy, right? That's why I'm always like, make me the bad guy. Be like, remember, Karen really wants us to do this. <laughs> I know you don't want to do it. Karen was the one that said we have to do this. So make me the bad guy, right? Um, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. The other, the other school of thought is approaching the employer because when it, when it comes to OSHA, if there's a violation here in the States, and, um, and OSHA gets involved, it's the employer that pays that fine. It's the employer's name that gets dragged through the mud. It's the employer's name that shows up on the five o'clock news. So mm. letting the employer know, like, hey, I just wanted to make you aware of this. Some people might consider that like, I don't know what's we're tattling. Um, but if you, if you have, so here's the thing, if you have already a culture in place where there's mutual respects amongst mutual respect amongst colleagues and uh, the employer has already communicated that they have an open door policy to stuff like this, I think it makes that communication so much easier. And that's something that I talked about during my trainings too. It's like, Hey, um, the number one reason why a, an employee or a former employee will contact OSHA on your practice is because they don't feel like they're being heard. Mm. So from day one, you need to let everybody know, hey guys, if you see a safer, better way of doing something, please let me know, I wanna mm. hear about it. And then follow through. Now, there are some things that your team member might bring to you that has nothing to do with OSHA. So I just did a presentation for a training for a dental office. And I said, hey, I want all of you guys to show up on Monday morning, 10 minutes early. The doctors already agreed to buy you guys all donuts and coffee. And um, you're gonna walk around for 10 minutes and make a list, just a piece of paper and a pen, make a list of everything that you see that in your gut that you're like, mm, is, this, is this a safety violation or is it not? And I said, because I only get a snapshot when I come into your practice, I only get a Polaroid of what's going on in a standard day. You guys are living in and out. You guys are seeing instruments flow in and out of the stereo center. You guys are seeing patients flow in and out of the operatories. I was like, you guys know what it's like in your office on typical day. So make a list. So they made a list. They gave it to the safety officer. Safety officer sat down with the doctor. Doctor calls me and goes, okay, we were able to address everything, but one thing we don't know. And I'm like, well, what was the thing? It's like, okay, so somebody put on here that they want the water cooler moved 10 feet closer to the front desk. And I was wondering, is that an OSHA violation if I don't? And so it was interesting to me to go, you know, to see what people were water questioning. Cooler, right. Closer to the front desk. Where was it? Was it, was it near an operatory? It was 10, they wanted it 10 feet closer <laughs> to the front desk. So is it, it 10 was, feet closer to the front desk or is it 10 feet further away from something else? It was, it was in a hallway, a back hallway. Okay. So it wasn't where patients were walking through an instruments being transferred. So the back hallway, there was a break room, there was a locker room where they changed into and out of their PPE. Um, and there was a separate room where they uh, could store their personal belongings like they hang up their jackets and yeah. uh, shoes originally when they come in. So they just wanted it. And then right around the corner is the, the beginning of their reception area. So they just wanted that water cooler moved out of the room where they hang their jackets and their shoes when they first came in and moved it closer to the front desk, which is something so, so, it seems so silly to me, but I thought it was interesting that they were questioning this stuff, mm -hmm. doctor. Then I said, you know, doc, I was like, I'm a big fan of hydration. Don't get me wrong. But there's nothing that says that a water cooler has to be within so many people. It's like, now you're talking about an eye wash station or a fire extinguisher. Yeah, let's have this conversation. But a water cooler, no. But I thought it was just interesting yeah. what people think about oh, when they look around their practice. I know. So that was 
That one was an eye opener. So what happened? Did they move the cooler or not? <laughs> I mean, really no. want to know. <laughs> get, to the, get to the point here. Did they move the water cooler or not? The, doc, the doctor moved the water cooler. He was like, well, if it's only 10 feet and it just makes them happy at the front desk. But I was just wondering, was I in violation this whole time? I'm like, yeah. no, you are not. You are not. It's I wondered so if funny. like maybe it needs to be, if it's closer to the reception or front desk, does it need to be sanitized more if patients are using it more? Like, would that be a, but then- yeah, that's that's yeah, that's like right now we can't and this again here in the province of Ontario we still have very strict guidelines uh, in practices COVID related return to practice guidelines um, and it's highly recommended that even like our coffee stations or our water stations that we had for patients mm-hmm. uh, be shut down. My waiting room is still closed. Like I'm not letting people sit in the waiting room unless they're the very last patient of the day and it's like or a family of some kind and they're going in. Um, but yeah, they're even those areas have been, my team loves it. Cause now we have a Nespresso machine in the team area mm-hmm. and uh, the lovely paraffin hand wax treatments that I once upon a time thought I would give to patients. I have a startup. I have a brand new dental office that opened up during COVID. So everything that I thought I wanted to do, oh. I am no longer able to do because thank you COVID. But yeah, my team loves it. Cause now we have a fancy Nespresso machine in the team room that they all get to enjoy. Um, interesting. Nice. Interesting. So oh, that, you get some interesting stories. Yeah. So I have to tell you my bat story sometime, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to, I, I want to hear, sorry, I have a little puppy on my lap. She's hi, finish, finish hi cutie. He's just so restless. He's been, he's been cooped up inside for us doing podcast interviews all day. So he's, he just wants oh. to, we're going to take, I'm going to take you swimming after I promise. Poor uh, tell me, tell me some of the the gory, the worst case scenarios, like some of the, you walked in and you were like, oh no, this can't happen. Have have Ah. you ever gone into a practice that was reported and then you had to do like a miraculous makeover of some kind? I have been contacted by health departments to assist with some dental offices in other states. Um, But some of the, some of the best stories I have, you know, uh, so I'll give you one, one that you probably wouldn't have anticipated. Um, I, I was at, um, brought in, the office manager heard me speak at a presentation, said, we could really use your help. I'm like, okay, absolutely. I will come over. I will, I will work my magic in your office. And I walk in, the, there's one operatory that kind of has that yellow caution tape, like kind of blocking it off. And everything is covered in plastic. And I'm going, what, what's, you know, what's going, what's going on in this room? And uh, they explained to me that for the longest time, they heard uh, sounds in the attic. And uh, they discovered that critters were getting into the attic and were scurrying around and doing their thing up there. And so rather than hire a professional exterminator, the doctor went up there and checked all the possible entrances to the attic and, and sealed them up. What he didn't account for was the fact that these animals that were up there couldn't get out. And over time, they, um, they started to die, right? Um, and they didn't know that this was happening until one day they oh, came no. in and uh, you know how some offices will cover their like chairs and plastic and they put plastic on everything. Well, the assistant was walking by and she heard a plop. No, a well, dead body. 
of an uh, animal? No, no, uh, it was maggots falling oh. out of the ceiling onto the plastic on the chair. I cannot, I cannot. <laughs> Wait, was there a smell? How like, did, did you they, not, did they, how did they not just smell that? Like, they, I don't know. They didn't, they said they didn't, they didn't notice a smell. The first sign they probably was got that used fun. to the smell. You hear oh. that happening all the time. I mean, not all the time, but I listen to these like weird podcasts with, <laughs> with like some creepy stuff that happens. But you hear that when people like live in a building that has yeah. someone that passes away and they start to decompose. Like years ago, and it's right? years or weeks that someone yeah. is living there and they can't, they don't understand why they like, there's like they, an odor. They have an odor. No, they, it starts with an odor, but then they like yeah. can't sleep and they have headaches. And then, then there's bugs, like spiders mostly. But then um, it's because there's like a decomposing item and it's the toxins. Our bodies are pretty fascinating when there's, when you're in the presence of like a, a deceased body that isn't like property managed, um, your body won't let you go to sleep because the toxin, toxins are really toxic to your brain. So yeah, like I'm surprised that the people weren't going crazy that were working there because it, yeah. apparently when you're in the presence of the toxins of something that's deceased, it like messes with your mind. It really does. Wow. Fun facts I did not with Irene. know that. <laughs> yeah. Fun facts with Irene. This is why if, I didn't go to nursing school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to deal with dead She started things. early on in the podcast saying she wanted to talk about dead things, Irene. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that. So then the, 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 the animals, oh God, people are listening to this like on their way to work in they're the like, morning. They're literally eating their little go-go. They're like taking a walk on their they're lunch break down. and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Going back to Sorry, their boss guys. saying like you must I check the trying. attic oh gosh okay so that happened and that then happened. and then what uh, oh so that's why that room had all the caution yeah. tips so that so I went in and I was like Can okay you imagine well, being a patient and walking through there and being like what's going on in this room Dr. so-and-so oh no it's under construction <laughs> What if there was a patient sitting in that chair? When, right, when that happened. Wow. With their, That's what I with their mouth open? Oh, ah, okay. All right. We're going to change. Let's talk about biofilm. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. This is, All right. This, this is, is it. This uh, is the end of this. Thank you for tuning in to the yes. Twitter podcast. Um, <laughs> one, one final question before um, we wrap things up. Um, I would imagine with everything that has happened with this global health crisis, that the work that you've done has certainly um, been spotlighted. I would imagine that, you know, and I know you and I did a lot of collaboration and I've certainly asked you a lot of questions or referred people to you that had a lot of questions about, you know, OSHA safety and being compliant during this pandemic. Tell me a little bit about what your reaction was when this whole thing started as things started to ramp up dentistry shut down webinars were happening like just give us a, a nice over the balcony look at what was going on in your world when all this was happening as an OSHA speaker and consultant yeah um I, I was very busy um with requests to do trainings and and webinars and podcasts and uh the way I approached it was that here are all of these practices that have been asked to close down. And if you think about the reason why dental was asked to shut down for those six weeks, it was so that we can conserve PPE for our brothers and sisters in the, in the medical community, um, which is, wow, what an amazing um, selfless act by 
And that's why I love the dental community, you know, by um, everyone in the dental industry. So they were asking me to do these presentations, um, you know, sometimes no fee. And the way I looked at it was, I have an opportunity to educate, um, to educate those in my profession who are not making a, a cent right now. Um, so I am going to give back by not charging anything for these courses too. And, uh, and what's interesting is I do believe in reciprocity. I think the universe does reward um, kindness. So you do good things and good things will happen to you. And that became true for me uh, just last week when I was contacted, um, there's a, there was a, a grant program that I applied for it was part of Spectrum Pay It Forward program, the Columbus Urban League and Columbus Chamber of Commerce. And I was selected to receive a grant, which is gonna pay for a commercial for my business. Uh, and I was, was like I was a TV floored. commercial, like a, like a, a, a TV commercial for my business. Cool. Yeah. And so I was just like, so I always end my presentations with like, you know, uh, name something you're grateful for. Are you thankful that the doctor offered you the CE course? Are you thankful for your safety officer who's been doing all this work, plus acting as a full-time hygienist during this entire pandemic and trying to stay on top of the latest information? Uh, just go ahead and put in the chat box if you're thankful for them. Because I do believe that um, whenever you give thanks, you you get it back tenfold, and I and I think that we should approach everything in life like that. And I want to bring that to dentistry, definitely. Oh, I love that. Do do good, put good in, and good will come out. And I I think that's such a beautiful lesson uh, for all of us. I think we've learned a lot during this pandemic about mm -hmm. the things that we should have been doing, but maybe didn't. Um, and we were caught with our pants around our ankles quite a bit. And I think the, the lesson that you teach about do the right thing. And at the end of the day, good will follow that is just so important. And it's such a robust message. And I want to acknowledge you for that because that is the female, uh, that is the feminine energy of this it is. right then and there. So, um, so thank you for emulating that and for being such a positive beacon for us and Congratulations on your grant. It's going to be so amazing. I can't wait to see your commercial. It's going to be awesome. Share it with Aww. me. It won't, it won't get aired here, obviously, but I want to see it. So yeah, I will share it for away. sure. Thank you awesome. guys. Well, thank so you. Much. Thank you. Is so it awesome? Is it time, Katrina? It is time, Irene Irene. <gasps> oh, it's oh, time. I'm so sad. Karen, do you know what time it is? What time is it? Oh, she she did the she she did the flippity flop. She reversed the like question it. on me. I like it. Normally, you, normally people are like, oh, it's like three three thirty p.m. Um, it is it is the tooth or dare time. So we are called mm -hmm. the tooth or dare podcast for a reason. And mm -hmm. at the end of every show, Katrina and I do a rock paper scissors, and the loser goes up against you. So you decide whether you accept or dish a tooth or a dare. So we, oh, yeah, wow. there's the okay. spin, the spin. Uh, so we will, uh, we will, we've been warming up our fingers, like waiting for this uh, with you because we want to know who's going to go up against you. Um, so as we do that, the rest of us, you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genist. And of course, you can follow Karen. And you are known as the OSHA lady on Instagram. And also on your website, www.theoshalady.com, where you've got a lot of really great resources, including some of your upcoming speaking gigs, things you've written. Uh, and if anyone has any questions about how to get you into their practice, it's in there too. So mm -hmm. check those all out in the, in the show notes below. Ready, girlfriend? 
I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm going to do things differently today. I'm going to do it as a lefty because I normally do it as a righty and then I lose. Ooh. Should, I, should I now lefty too? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. I'm nervous okay. Ready? about this. Okay. okay. Ready. All right. Okay. Yeah. Rock. Okay. Paper. Paper. Scissors. Scissors. Shoot. Shoot. Oh, I still lost. I did it as a lefty. Oh, I didn't know. Well, she I did it as a lefty like, too. Did, yeah, I did it as a lefty and it was like really confusing. It was like, very, I, really I, think, I feel like I did one extra bang of the fist. I did rock, paper, scissors, another one, and then the thing. So anyways, I, I still really lost. Know. I lost. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, up to, it's up to you though, Karen. Would you like to accept or dish? Oh gosh. Um, if you accept, then uh, the tooth is done right now. The dare is done as a video and it's posted on social media. And if you decide you don't want to have any part of that, then you can either a dish to Katrina and she, she, she's a good acceptor of things. So what do you want to do? Do you want to do something or do you want her to do it? I, um, I want her to do it. Okay. Katrina. Oh, okay. Do you, want a, do you want a tooth or a dare from Karen? What would you like? I'll do a dare. She'll do a dare. Ooh, she's going to do a dare, which means she's going to film, film whatever her dare is and then post it to her Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I have not thought this one through. So, so it's, I almost, can... it's almost like it was in the email we sent, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like, to, we like to throw people off with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I can dare you to do anything? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Before I dare you, let me ask, I mean, what are some of the more interesting dares that you guys have had on the show Ooh, well we we do a lot of like a variety of things to tiktok songs so if you follow any instagram <laughs> or tiktok dances or things uh we've had someone who did an ergonomics uh, uh session with us and we made her, i saw that i made her do my neck my back and then she had oh! to do like the the negative position to the positive position. I mean, Katrina does jazzercise, so she's a pretty good dancer. I know, also, I know. I, she also likes uh, like um, show music, um, <laughs> show tunes, and she's got dogs. So I feel like uh, if you, you, yeah. Okay, so one of my favorite movies growing up was a musical. Which one? My Fair Lady. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Do you know anything from My Fair? Because Audrey Hepburn. I just I mean, who love and adore her. Yes. Um, yeah. What do you want to do for My Fair Lady? Uh, the Rain in Spain. Okay. So you want me to film The Rain in Spain? You have to sing that song. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sing <laughs> The Rain in Spain. Uh, okay. And you okay. have to do it with a whole Cockney accent. I'll, I'll do the whole too. thing. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm gonna be about okay. four white claws in the night when I do it, so it's gonna be even yes. better. I'm really gonna smile. Yes. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see you. I just love. I adore that movie, so I can't wait to see. And I adore you, so I can't wait to oh see. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. I accept. I can't wait. Awesome. Good. Okay, everyone, tune in to the Tooth or Dare podcast Insta- Instagram to watch this dare go down. Thank you, Karen, for being here with us today. We really appreciate yeah. you taking the time Thank to you. hang with us, and uh, to the rest of you peeps out there. See you later. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. Karen! <laughs> Karen! I love your episode! <laughs> episode. <laughs> that was a really good episode. Thanks to our peeps yes. at for sponsoring this episode with the lovely Karen Daw. Yes. I love her. She is hilarious. She's, 
She is fantastic. And in fact, she, she was is. just in Arizona. She just spoke for the AZ Perio uh, Hygiene Study Club, which I know you've spoken oh. for before as well. So I have, and I'm coming back. I'm coming back in February. I'm actually coming live this time. Live that was, in that sounded co- so bad. That's really exciting. Um, I will be I, on site. I will be I there in real hope life. That I will be in town for that, Irene. February 16th and uh, 17th. Two days Perfect. back to back. Oh, my gosh. She will be Nick here Nick. in Arizona. We're going to we're gonna have to do some sort of an event of sorts or something. Maybe. I don't so know good. what they have planned for, for me or for the, for the item. I'm not sure, but yes. it'll be fun. I want to see if I can come in um, and check out our peeps at implant pathways yes. for a day and just yeah. observe moody and peeps that would yep. be that <clears throat> would be really cool to just see what they're doing with their lives yes um, absolutely but, but yeah so, so i i will see you at aid which I can't uh, wait. Fun, fun fact fun fact about the the evolution of of hands-on courses during a global pandemic i have 30 people max registered for this event and i have 12 lasers but everyone has Great. to be six feet apart. Great. And I have to facilitate the hands-on from six feet. Do you just gonna have like a, <laughs> like a go-go I gadget can't. hand to just point? Just to like, one of those like robotic, like yeah. you know, like the back scratchers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, pointing. About, so like, today, that the old people get the, to reach this is for what things. I need to do today because my lecture is due to them today. Um, yes. I have to redo. All of all of my um, all of my hands-on stuff to figure out a way to do rotations within two hours with a one-hour lecture and a one-hour hands-on rotating thirty people to twelve lasers. And there's only one of you. And so <laughs> what are we gonna do, Irene? I don't know. I don't know. Oh no! I'm at the office because I think I'm just gonna record myself doing all of the. Activities. I was really gonna say I think you could record yourself yeah. if there's anybody. Uh, uh, who's creative enough to figure out a way to make that happen? It's you. Well, I'm so. gonna bring my my headlamp, like my not my headlamp, my camera, my Futudent camera that oh, connects cool. yeah, to yeah. Over, my computer that I can play onto the big screen, so I can like demonstrate from from a distance. That's cool. But, but uh, yeah, this is, should be fun. This should be oh this, should, this should be a good time. It's good gonna time. be fabulous. I can't yeah. wait. It'll be great. It'll be oh, fabulous. It'll be so wonderful. good. Well, thanks everybody That's for it. tuning in uh, for yes. the Karen Daw episode. And thank you to our amazing sponsors, the fabulous uh, people of Hugh Freedy Group. Check out their bloggy blog, Friends of Hugh Freedy. They're doing an awesome job of providing content for us. Um, check out their Secure Fit masks. They're amazing. Um, and catch us yep. next time for another fabulous episode. You bet. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. Are you at home right now? No, I'm in a hotel. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't look I was like, she has very interesting taste in decor. Yeah, these are my, my gross uh, pea yellow curtains that I selected. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm going to judge. I was like, okay, that's her thing. It's but I was like, choice. I'm used to Kachina having better taste than this. <laughs> Okay, dokie, don't you know? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, dokie, dokie. Are we are we ready to do to do the thing? The thing here. Yes. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, da da da. Karen, dog.